Hello, Internet. This is you and Spence and yes, the Insight Calling. So, what's on your summer playlist? Is it, by any chance, Eurovision? Coming up, we have what happened before, Liverpool. What's happening now? Not much. And what's happening in the future? We're off to Sweden. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to the quiet, chill summer season of the Eurovision Song Contest. Like your great big sports league, sometimes there's downtime. This is it. Sort of May contest ends, September the 1st, you can start hearing music that might turn up in the contest next year. So it's a little bit quieter over the summer. But don't worry, we'll keep you up to date with the news podcast. We've got interviews lined up over the next few months and we've got articles, uh, discussions, looking back and looking forward at the website www.escinsight.com and you can support us patreon.com slash escinsight. So, yep, it's been a while since the contest. I've, you know, everybody takes a little break, looks away from the screens, looks away from the news. Now we've come back again uh, with the podcast. So, uh, what do we need to do? Well, <laughs> this is a bit of the podcast where for the past couple of months, going, remember the dates, remember the venues, don't book anything yet unless you can cancel it. It's a little bit harder now. So, uh, we don't have dates ish. Come to that in a second. Uh, we don't have the venue. Ken, we'll come to that in a second. And, you know, if you wanted to book now, uh, we've got a suggestion of dates from the Swedish media. We've got a suggestion uh, of the venues and the cities. So, yeah, if you want to gamble, gamble. But, as always, if you can make them free cancellation or pay an arrival free cancellation, so much the better. Okay, first up, looking back, 2023, that result, uh, lots of points of discussion. I'm not going to go through every single country. We're not going to through every tiny bit of discussion. We would be here for a very, very long time. So we're going to pick up the major ones, and we're also going to be talking a lot more about these on the website. Some issues have already been covered. Some will be coming over the next few months, but... The big discussion really has been that jury and televote split. Lorraine taking the vast majority of her points for Tattoo from the juries and Carrier taking the vast majority of his points for Cha-Cha-Cha on the televote. As many suspected, they, they topped the respective jury and televote and it was always going to come down to who could do better on the weaker side of their contest. That's the song that would take victory and Sweden performed better in the televote than Finland performed in the jury. Those are the rules. Everybody can see that going in. Every delegation, if they want to choose a strategy, can read the rules and decide where they're going to put their focus. Now, should should the juries be abandoned? Should there be a different split than 50-50? And remember, you need to decide on those changes before you know the songs. So you will have unintended consequences. So a knee-jerk reaction on such an extreme result in 2023, be careful. How careful? Mark Taylor has taken a closer look at the what you could do with the split, either going 100% jury, 100% televote, 50-50, and every granularity in between. The other options that are there, and uh, data graphs and a whole bunch of stuff going back to 2016 to now. Definitely worth a look on that one. Website, www.escinsight.com. 
Like any big event, I'm sure that every pain point and every point of joy will be discussed by the organisers to learn lessons and to recommend changes. And I suspect a discussion about the jury televote scoring will be in there. When will that be communicated out to the public? Probably not in the next week or two, probably much closer to the end of the year, but we'll keep an eye on that for you. It is kind of important to us. But what's more important, I think, for the music industry, looking at the song contest, and it's arguably the biggest, so in the end, did the contest find the right, right result, is the chart performance of Tattoo. As we record this, it's been four weeks in the UK top 10, one of the biggest music singles charts, and certainly one that's got a huge amount of cachet for the artist there. Four weeks for a Eurovision song in the top 10 is unheard of. Certainly the 21st century, certainly the last decades of the 20th. Um, also, remember that the week after Eurovision, you had four of the Eurovision songs in the top 10 as well. Sweden, Finland, United Kingdom and Norway. Many in this industry will take note of that. The simple fact, Eurovision sells music, streams music, gets awareness, sells concert tickets. That's going to have an impact on Anybody who's considering the song contest, but especially here in the United Kingdom, in the sense that the contest has built up a lot of respect and it's reinvented itself over the last 12 months and arguably made slow placing is negated by that top 10 appearance. We shall see going forward, but I actually feel it's quite healthy. Let's face it, no host country ever does well. Uh, we didn't finish last, uh, which is more can be said for some host country. So there's something there. Uh, same again for 2024, please. Now, as I said at the top there, not going to go through every single artist, uh, what they did next, so many activities. Touring is the big one. There's a good number of tours uh, going out there. Ones uh, that have caught my eye, Loran was out there, Caria, Marco Mangoni, Well, Jason Joker out paired up to do a one-off. Uh, Alessandra's out on tour, Voyager's out on tour, Lord of the Lost are both out on tour themselves and supporting Iron Maiden. Uh, May Muller had a tour as well. Everybody advertising the tour straight after the contest to get all that social media presence. Best thing as always, find your favourites in social media, hit the follow, sign up to the mailing lists, have a look around the stores, and remember that they get much more if you buy physical merch. You know, if you buy the CD from their website, that is going to give the artist far more income than listening to the album a thousand times on Spotify. 0.003 times a thousand, taking away everything for your managers, your promoters, your PR, your debts, strip all that away. Um, have a look at the website, see if they go on sale, support your favourite artist. They'll create more music, you can listen to more music, you can buy more merch, then they can make more music, and you have what I call in my other shows, the Circle of Music. And to Eurovision 2023 itself. Let's start with the big number, 162 million viewers for the Eurovision Song Contest. As always with statistics, do check what the number is actually representing. In this case, it's 162 million viewers over 38 public service broadcaster markets over the three live shows. So this is including the two semi-finals as well as Saturday night's grand final. And yep, you can split hairs, 200 million, 160 million, is it 120 and 20 and 20? But the show has a huge impact. The one that I find most intriguing and most exciting is the market share. How many people who could watch were watching? Now, the average for the time slot that Eurovision in across those uh, 38 public service markets, 17.4%. Eurovision achieved 
more than double that, 40.9% market share. Program twice as popular as anything else in town at the same time. And as always, look at Iceland, the market share, 98.7%. Presumably the 1.3% of Iceland that wasn't watching were the press and the delegation who were in Liverpool. Huge, as always, it's Iceland just blows me away in that one. Uh, what else? Uh, the Museum of Liverpool has been donated a number of items for its wonderful mayhem, the Parliament Eurovision part of its collection. So, for example, uh, Sonia's outfit is in there, various other scripts and props. The uh, Polish butter churn um, is in there as well, just to give you those flashbacks that you really don't want. Uh, a lot of those props also went up for auction as well. Uh, where they're going to end up, everybody watch your Instagrams and everything. Somebody out there is going to have the signs, the flags from the stage, some of those massive turntables. Let's let's just let's just see who's got them. Um, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody acquires a prop after a show, I don't know, like a giant hamster wheel, uh, and then uh, has to loan it to Netflix <laughs> for the show. Ah, <laughs> Okay, looking forward uh, to Eurovision 2024. Let's take some of the organisational stuff uh, first of all. We have the four strong executive team announced by Swedish broadcaster SVT. Sneakily, the four of them stood in a pose that looks remarkably like a promotional pose for an ABBA tribute band. They're not, they're very experienced broadcasters and very, very experienced at the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, so we have the executive producer, Ebba Adilson. Yep, Ebba with an E. Stop teasing, SVT. Uh, we have, uh, she has overall responsibility. Uh, comms, press, brand and event producer, executive producer, Christelle Toss-Willers. Uh, in terms of production, the executive there is Tobias Albeck, who has done last couple of contests as well, including Liverpool. So lots of knowledge of the actual day-to-day -day and on-the-ground of the contest and uh, the executive line producer who's in charge of tech and finance. That must be the funnest job in the world. Uh, Johan Berhagen, um, the tech side, not the finance side, unless, by the way, you're someone who loves uh, numbers and spreadsheets, in which case the finance side and then the tech side. Okay, uh, host cities, uh, we believe four have been submitted. Uh, the next bit of information is uh, from Tuba Ek out of Afton Bladet. So this hasn't been confirmed, but you got to say, Tobe has a very, very strong track record. So I'm going to assume all of this is correct. Um, he reckons that uh, Stockholm is in the mix. Malmo is in the mix. Gothenburg and Ormskoldsvik is in there. Uh, in reverse order, I don't think Ormskoldsvik is actually... I mean, it is a serious bid, but it's more about standing up and going, hello, tourists, remember us when you're considering a holiday. It's a bit more about the visibility of the city, all told. Uh, Gothenburg is in there. It has hosted Eurovision before. The roof is very low. It isn't as strong as you would need it for the 2023 contest. So the specs of what you need might rule Gothenburg out or they might decide to build a new roof. Who knows? Uh, Malmo, again, has hosted the contest recently, 2013. It is a smaller city. And when you look at how much effort Liverpool put in, you got to wonder if Malmo's just a little bit too small. There's also the fact that a lot of people will stay in Copenhagen across the bridge, uh, which means a lot of the income potential goes to Denmark and not Sweden. So question marks there, but it is a very compact uh, site to have everything in. And then, of course, you have Stockholm. 
and uh, you've got to be looking at Friends Arena in this one as well. It's the capital city. You can see Sweden going all out uh, if they wanted to, in which case you've really got to put it in the city. We will probably hear second week of July. That's me speculating that point there. Uh, just looking at how and when SVT have confirmed whole cities in previous years. As always, we'll keep you up to date on things. Uh, dates under consideration after Mladic Tobe reckons 11th of May and the 18th of May are the two options. Obviously, depending on the venue, it depends on what they've got rotated into their timetables and who can move out the way. If there's an Andre Rio gig, off you go. If there's a football team, then it's like, are you going to get promoted? Are you going to get relegated? Do you really want to just let us borrow your stadium for a bit? All of that is there. But 11th and 18th of May, if you do want to take a gamble and booking anything, there you go. Um, and in terms of the show, I find this one intriguing because there's a suggestion that SVT are going to try to knock an hour off the running time of the show. Now, that sounds like a big task, given we're at about four hours 15 uh, for the last couple of shows. But Malmo 2013 was only three hours 30. So there's 45 minutes right there. A couple of changes in presentation. Could you get to an hour? Possibly. Will you overrun on the night? Probably. Can you get it to three hours 30? I think you could. I think, I think 3 hours 45 is more likely. I think they'll knock half an hour off. Um, but they'll schedule it for 3.30. They'll end up with 3.45. Those words will come back to haunt me. Uh, what else? Uh, da, 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 da. Probably just the reference group changes worth noting here. The, ref the Eurovision reference group is basically sort of the steering committee where all the big decisions uh, go through. Uh, 30 years of service from the chair of Dr. Frank Dieter Freling has come to an end. So we have a new chair. It's Bakil Walden uh, from the Swiss Broadcaster. Two new members have been added to the team. Not surprisingly, uh, the exec producer for 2024, Eba Idelson, is in there from SVT. Um, also, Anna Maria Bardas from Spain's RTVE is going into the reference group as well. Those two are replacing the Dutch broadcasting team from MPO and the Israeli broadcasting team uh, there as well. Previous hosts of the contest always like to contribute their knowledge. So, you know, we have Italians in there. We have uh, UK in there as well. Um, Armenia's AMPTV was uh, just voted on. So uh, stepping back from the reference group as well. One thing to note here. If we look at the countries that are represented here in the reference group, Sweden, United Kingdom, Iceland, Spain, Portugal, Italy and Germany, it's heavily Western Europe. <laughs> And now a couple of notes about Junior Eurovision as well, taking place on November the 26th uh, in Nice, France, specifically at the Palais Nikai, and hosted by France Television. As it stands, we've got 13 countries have confirmed entries on that one there. And we also have some names of singers as well. First up, first name to appear, uh, that's an internal selection from North Macedonia, Tamara Grzeska will be singing for the country there. Also, we have our first national final result out of Georgia with Renina 2023 now over. It's the 11-year-old Anastasia Vazze who will be singing for the country. And now that we've seen the scores, they wait until after the contest is over and then reveal everything. Maximum marks through all the rounds, including the grand final for Anastasia. And for the final, and it's back again already, Five ran. Okay, Eurovision Country News for May next year. We are at 17 broadcasters 
publicly confirmed. Now, some of them might have submitted privately to the EBU and they're on the list as well. There's no, you don't have to announce that you sent your form in. Nope, it's up to you. But anyway, right now we have 17. I'm expecting that number to go up, 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 up. Uh, and the euphoria to rise. I'm sorry, it's been a while. I need some puns. Anyway, uh, submissions are open, so presumably for national finals. Ireland, Iceland, Norway, uh, Finland, who've confirmed that UMK will happen at some point in February, and Italy's San Ramo Giovanni for newcomers. The submission portal is open for that. If you're one of the big artists, then you're going to need to get an invite as well. Austria has also confirmed that they're going and has confirmed that it will be an internal selection again. Um, also confirmed, and we are waiting details on their song selection process, Cyprus, Denmark, France, Germany, Israel, Luxembourg, welcome back, Malta, Moldova, the Netherlands, Spain, and of course, our host, Sweden. <laughs> Okay, so where are we up to? Um, podcasting means slightly slow. So our last podcast was an interview with Ukrainian journalist Maria Romanenko, who was doing free walking tours around Liverpool for those Ukrainians visiting the city. Very much worth a listen there. Back on the website, we've had a number of articles already deconstructing some of the key parts of the song contest. I uh, already mentioned the article on the jury and televote balance. We have an interview with Kalush Orchestra. Uh, we've taken a closer look at the decline of Ireland over the last 25 years at the song contest, wondering what's going to happen next. We had a look back at the national finals to see which ones made the best decision possible. And of course, we have our classic nine things and what we expect from next year. Naturally, it's Sweden 2024. And if you want some fun, we have ones for Sweden 2013 and Sweden 2016 in the archive as well. Um, again, lots of projects are going on out and about around the rest of the Eurovision world. A whole bundle of podcasts are bringing in new things. So, for example, the guys uh, over at the Eurotrip are getting ready to do their summer interview series. You've uh, got Eurovois who are carrying on. They, they made predictions 12 months ago and now they're going back to see how well they're doing. Uh, you have the YouTube channels just, again, going over the debating points at Euroversi. I've appeared on uh, last week and this week, so you can head over to the YouTube channel there uh, with a big group discussion uh, on the big five. Um, there's a whole, what else we got? Oh, Voyager have re-recorded the Te Duem, Charpentier's introduction, which you would know as the Eurovision music, um, and that is going to appear as the something's premiering on YouTube on the official channel. That sort of two-minute lead-in will now be the specially commissioned version. Much like we have a specially commissioned version. So as always, thank you to Magica uh, himself and his team for the arrangement of TEDUM that we use here on the podcast as well. Uh, the Second Cherry podcast is out there going through the national finals, giving up songs that didn't make it a second chance. They will lead up to their big vote and in-person show at the end of the summer season as well. So much going on. Hashtag Eurovision will find you lots of content, lots of things to explore. We are just one part of that. It's great to be in so it's a huge community. Thank you for taking the time. We're, what, about 25 minutes in your ears. Thank you very, very much for that. I'm Ewan Spence. Myself and the team at ESC Insight are going to be here over the summer. Slightly slower pace than that week in Liverpool, but we are going to be here. So to all our friends out there, as always, do stay safe, whether we've already met you or whether we're going to meet you in the future. Be kind to each other. I'll say ta for now. We'll play the guitars. Enjoy the summer. 
remember the song contest is not just for me, it's to enjoy all year round. This ESC Insight News podcast was hosted by you and Span, written by you and the team at ESC Insight. Find out more at www.escinsight.com and support us patreon.com slash ESC Insight.